Hello everyone and welcome to the commentary for Genesis Avalon Patriot episode 12 the season finale. We made it. We made it. Yes. Um Yay. <laughs> uh, I am Catherine Pride. I am the co-stoofer, co-writer, director. Um I, I I'm not actually a voice in this one for a change. Normally I'm somewhere in the background. Um and with me is my other co-stoofer, Chris Bays. Hi. Um and uh here we are, man. We're here, man. Genesis Avalon. I mean, we had the awesome returned. moment last season. I know. I don't know how we're gonna top that. I don't know. How are we gonna top that? I hmm. think it might I think it might take a giant monster attack. I think it might. I think it might. I think we gotta see what what, what Avalon can do. So um Yeah, um this was so metal to to do and like I wanted to go like I think you even said it in your notes, uh when we were talking, when you were listening to this the first time, that like I was kind of going for like your classic '90s like triumphant superhero, oh, like yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers moment, yep. and I feel like I nailed it. So I feel like so because yeah. there's a lot of fun stuff in here. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been six years since uh, anyone heard Genesis Avalon, and, and apparently being Genesis Avalon is a bit like being a bike rider. Yeah, you never really forget. And sometimes you're, well, no, I don't think you're normally better at bike riding after a six-year gap than you were before. I think that's a little different. I wouldn't know. I haven't ridden a bike in, like, ten years, so you're, it's okay. You're you're not an accurate, uh... I'm, I don't not, know what I'm talking about with not, a bike. You are not a subject matter expert, no. Shush. <laughs> you are a subject matter expert, though, in uh, how awesome this scene is, because this is the moment... That like we oh rewrote it, and this I knew right what I here. wanted to do with it, and I'm so excited because I was able to find that everything guitar. I wanted the first time. <laughs> yeah. uh, and like I, I had a lot of fun with this. Like the the sequence is written as like, and then Epona's horses show up and just like whisk them off through a tunnel, and uh, and we did a I did a little bit of tweaking of the scene to make it work, but that moment is is pretty awesome, and like she's back to flying and smashing into the ground so hard there's debris which i've always that's like my favorite thing i love superhero landings i'm i am a You're simp i am deadpool, deadpool. Superhero landing. landing. yes um but uh oh and there you go we were talking about bad guy fights so this is the moment where i mean we all knew from episode well, if it isn't your 10 yes no nine, nine. that uh that uh, Tom Connors was not just the vice president. But what does that mean? But what does that mean what indeed? Does that what mean? does that mean? What does it mean when one says that they are a centuries-old Severian god? Hmm. hmm. Well, Obsidian was the son of Baylor, one of the old Tuatha de Danann gods, and he was able to turn the entire city into demons. So what could an even older um, god do? That's been stuck with desk work in hell. Yeah. Um, I do love that moment. That, again, as per usual, Pete just like chews scenery beautifully, and it's so, like, uh, it's so good to hear Laura playing Avalon. Like, like I fangirl, and like I've known Laura for years at this point, and I fangirl no, every time. Um, every time I simp, like I straight up simp. Whenever Cat is mixing one of these episodes. I can hear her giggling occasionally to herself because she's, I'll ask, what's up? Did somebody say something funny in an outtake? She's like, Laura's just so awesome. <laughs> it's pretty normal for me. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We, we know. <laughs> we know. That's why you cast her we, that we way. We stand a queen. We do stand a queen, indeed. Um, but yeah, so uh, so Avalon's like just 
being middle and awesome, and then, you know, Tunano has to go and throw so, a wrench into the works. So let's talk about these sound effects. How did we do these? How did we, how did we come about these? Oh, did my we, gosh. Did we was... black out and suddenly sound effects were there? Did we, did we like, take nine hours layering crunching sounds? That one, that second one. So, so there's a lot going on here. There's some sound effects that you've heard from the prior show. So if you've actually like recently re-listened to Jess Avalon, some of those demon roars are from Obsidian's Underworld because these are very similar. Um, much like what Obsidian did, he has corrupted these humans and made them demons, which means their mortal lives are over. They can't come back from that. Um, and uh, so, so there was a lot of me trying to build up this feeling of these overseers, like straight up like evil dead, you know, Bones crunching, bodies morphing, roaring as demons, and then uh, eating someone. And that poor someone was Chris Hackney. So it's a All good right. thing he comes back in other episodes of Noir. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he has a great scream there, too. We do like, typically do that. Like, if we, if we need a person to get eaten or devoured or t- chomped on or tasted in It's like way. him or Aiden or, yeah. or, or Adam. I'm just like, I, I know my three standards to be like, would you like to die today? Yes. Have fun. Like Adam Blanford is in here as one of the overseers as well. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So Avalon has just had the moment of realizing, oh God, there are now actual demons. This isn't just like people with guns. This yeah. is like, this is like my wheelhouse. <laughs> so um, here we are with a pretty big change from the script. Yes. So because yeah. this little segment here actually happened in the middle of the previous scene, out of the blue, randomly. Well, it wasn't random or out of the blue when we wrote when it. We wrote it because it we sense. intended to have them follow along in this tunnel that had been created yeah. by Epona. And the more we talked about it and the more I tried to mix it, it just wasn't working. It wasn't so working. And like when I finally listened to the final mix, I was like, this is just... This isn't clear. Yeah. But I want to talk about like that, that like there is a proceed, there's like a process of these things are not final until they're final. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we try really hard to make sure that scripts are nailed down and that we've, we've edited and, and, you know, and gone through the editing process and that it flows. But sometimes you just won't know until you're actually engineering a scene that there's just no sound effect for the thing you want to do. And you don't run into it as much with like your standard, like, I don't want to say boilerplate in a negative fashion. I do not mean that. I mean, no, but when like, you don't have, like, fantasy sound effects, yeah. it's a lot easier to be like, well, that, sound, that sounds close enough to a door, you know? Um, but but it, was, it was coming off very weird. Like, the effects were not working to show that they were in a magical tunnel. So we changed and pivoted to the idea of, well, what if, they, what if the horses literally whisk them away in yep. a protective shield and then drop them off Elsewhere. at the tower? And... That's that's where we've landed now. So, um, and uh, and and we had a really cool moment there where Ben was using. He's finally starting to get comfortable using his precog yep. ability, and he was using it to game the uh, the keypad to figure out how to open up the, uh, what the code was, because he was able to look far enough ahead to go. Well, that's going to be the right code. Yeah. After I try all these combinations, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, And then, you know, Carrie has her moment. I feel like in this moment, we are all Carrie Arthur. Again, I just stand beating a queen. Just beating up fascists is, like, our favorite activity. Again, I stand Yeah, yeah. And, like, a, like I really, you know, this scene seems kind of, like, um, grounded compared to what the rest of the episode is. This one and the, and the next scene with Carrie and, and uh, Julian. But, uh... Yeah, but I mean, you can't, it can't all be superhero versus supervillain. 
and calling upon the powers of the gods because then it's just melodrama. Well, and also, right? yeah, and, and, and we established, you know, and I, Ben's speech last episode, I think, really established it. Yeah. This is not something that she's going to be able to just punch her way through. Avalon can't just fix it by, you know, figuring out Tunanu's weakness. Like, it's not going to be that easy. Right. Um, and, and on top of that, you know, this is a problem that affects your, your non-superheroic people. And what is the toll that's taken on the average citizen who's trying to do the right thing? Because honestly, I think we all know it's it's, it's freaking exhausting trying to do the right thing all the time and trying to stand yeah. up against forces that just seem overwhelming. And uh, and and I just love this little like moment where Carrie is getting to let off some steam and continue on the mission. Um, and. Uh, and try not to let it bother her. Yeah. And we'll see we'll see how that goes for her further on in the in the episode. Um <laughs> Oh yeah. There are demons. <laughs> um I feel I you know it's I hate this when we get into commentary we get in the booth and then I'm like, I had all these things I was gonna talk about and I've forgotten where all of them are because I'm busy listening to the episode. I'm trying to help. You are, thank you. I had a lot of so I had a lot of fun calling um gods that uh, that you know you've heard before. Um, this is a super amped up version of the spell she used to wash away Obsidian's minions, which that water sound effect was so cool. I'm so glad I found that. That was one of those like I was looking for something a little more punchy, and uh, uh, we we've got some better sound effects than we used to. Like yeah. some really great resources well, out and, there. And so there's 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 just different. Before we were working where we had like a licensed suite, mm-hmm. and or I guess it was a it was a free to it was, use, but the, it just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was one like of those a like free to use library that just doesn't exist yeah, anymore. Yeah, and so I remember you angsting a lot before going into this episode and the previous one, but especially this one, that you didn't know how you were going to recreate some old spells mm-hmm. that was even something that we were cognizant of when we were writing the episode. Yeah, and I was tr- we were trying to make sure that that because she's different, because her relationship with the Morrigan is different and with all the gods is different, I knew we had some freedom to make new spells and to make new effects. But yeah, we tried very hard to make sure that when we were writing the spells that we were using different elements, different types of spell work. Um, you know, Kernunos is still a you know, a concussive energy blast. But Bridget's abilities are more about whether she can summon water or fire from her and making sure that those are more elemental in nature and less energy-based. And so, like, that was was the struggle. It's one of the things that you can do when you're writing the show that you're directing is you can't... We often joke that we we do this thing where we'll write something and make it a post squishy. I do like that. That was not in the script. But as I started doing this scene, because, again, I didn't have the original uh, shield effect or the energy blades effect, so I had to get new versions of the energy blades... And new versions of the shield. And so as they were fighting, I found this, like, and then a demon explodes sound effect. And I was like, I kind of love the idea that she stabs this guy and just, like, accidentally explodes him. His head explodes. His head explodes. Um, but like I was saying, 
no, we, we've joked a lot before in commentaries that we'll we'll find ourselves writing ourselves into these weird corners where oh director me hates director, writer me yeah where director where writer us is like that's a problem for director but it's not always that way we were very like in mm-hmm. this one in particular I remember being very aware of like okay we need to make sure that before we write something in yes. we have a sound effect yes and 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 part of that was also in the fact that we we had a lot of freedom to spin up the whole year's worth of episodes mm-hmm. before we went into production. Yeah. So when I was hunting for sound effects, I went through our scripts and pulled key moments that I knew were going to need like bespoke sound effects, and I was constantly trying to pull them ahead of time. Yeah. So you know, even before we were getting to this episode, I had some some amount of the suite of things I wanted to use and yeah. I'm trying to use only like certain things that I'm having to ask for additional like a lot of the stewards uh, gun effects and stuff have existed since the first episode yeah. so um and speaking of guns oh poor oh my gosh yeah so so we're we're not gonna get into it too much right now but um it's a bad day for friends friends yeah also um this is just a personal thing for me, I'm very staunchly anti-gun, yep. personally. I, I, I understand there's nuance to that argument. But just personally, I was never raised around them. I don't like them. I I am very scared of them. And it, Carrie is very much like me in that respect. Yes. And so Carrie carrying... Carrie carrying. Carrie. Uh, Carrie having to utilize a gun yeah. and having to use it in self-defense is not a small action. And while M does a phenomenal job of playing it very subtle here that it rattles her, but she powers on. Um, This is not the end of that part of the story, because I really did want to talk about how violence is a cycle. And I know that's super cliche, and if you've watched The Last of Us, you know violence is a cycle. But it's... it's, I'm trying to explore it from different perspectives than just what we've seen uh, from, like, video game protagonists and... And from the perspective of your 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 Lara Croft, who goes from like adventurer to like cold blooded yeah. killer in the course of a game, and so for me that was I wanted to kind of explore what well, what this fight does that, like, to someone who's just I know a that that's also something that's just like been in the discourse lately yes. in the real world for sure absolutely not that I ever want to bring the real world into things well I'm sorry, it's not our fault the real world it's not but our fault that the show is a commentary on real life and not what could have gone wrong especially here where we live in Florida there's been yeah. a lot of talk about about very liberal people who have very strong feelings against guns having to put those aside for very similar reasons that mm-hmm. Carrie is here mm-hmm. yeah. Of, of when you're at war, you need a weapon of war. Yeah. And that's and, definitely what Carrie has had. Yeah, but how, how much does it, you know, how much does it weigh on you? Because if you're not raised with guns in your life, with the concept of having a gun for self-defense, what does that mean oh, for someone a, as an Carrie adult? Oh, and Carrie is a British person. Yeah, this exactly. This is an even more radical yeah. departure for yeah, her. exactly. So. Um, yeah, so so more, more to come on that, but... Um, but I just, I again, I, applause to M um, and, and Ted really Hazard, who did an awesome job playing the commander because he's played like so many stewards for us, and this was like a really like gritty, like really it felt like really like grounded, and it was just really solid. Really appreciate the hell out of all of our stewards. Yeah, yeah, especially Chris Remo and Ted, who are our yeah. two like commanders. They do like most of the steward work all season, and you will hear them tons next season. Yeah. Um, but they both have phenomenal range, and I I am so so grateful that we have them on on the cast. Meanwhile, Julian's bleeding out because he's an idiot. But that's yeah. nothing new. That's just a Tuesday. 
because Julian's kind of an idiot. He's like the he's like the smartest dumb man you know. Um, that's a really good description of Julian. Well, I mean, that's and that's sort of been his character. I mean, I you know he's he he to me is like the the well meaning the well meaning like somewhat liberal dude in your family that you know that like says really smart stuff and then he says something so off the cuff that you're like did you do you hear yourself when you yeah. talk like like something like so... like being so supportive of bobby and evan being married and bobby being his best friend but like oh yeah he was my best friend before he was your husband to evan yeah <laughs> like evan's like the hell <laughs> which thankfully this near-death experience apparently is the thing that julian needed to realize he was being an asshole <laughs> how did julian honestly though for a second how did julian make it this far in this wacky life that he lives and not previously be shot it's um it's honestly a little it's, astonishing it's it is he has the plot armor of, of and and it's also like and i mean this in the best way possible so my my because a lot of a lot of the people who listen to radio drama and just by existence are 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 white dudes but it's that whole it's that whole that whole twitter joke of oh to have the confidence of a mediocre white guy like that's what julian is here i was gonna be a lot nicer and say he has damsel in distress plot armor he and does he'll get kidnapped and he has used but he won't ever actually like it he has he has steve trevor armor yeah. yeah yeah he has steve trevor armor comic steve trevor yeah um but yeah, no, I mean, it's, and I, like I said, I mean that like in the nicest way possible. I'm not like trying to be in, like insensitive, but it's definitely that joke of he yes. is that guy from those, uh, those insurance commercials where the guy just walks around lackadaisically doing jerk things and all these accidents happen around him. Like that's Julian. And he always, he's always been that way. Um, so. Keep your mouth shut. Make this easy for This, this scene right here. Um, was a lot of fun to write because Max and Aiden both, first of all, Aiden, Aiden, like, I'm so used to hearing him as Cooper that, like, I was like, oh, that's right, oh, Aiden's not, an American. He's, he's an American. He's, he's a professional actually, voice actor. Yeah. He's wonderful. Um, but, uh, but, but hearing him and this was just a nice, like, I was like, oh, I need to, I need to make sure he's a steward more often. Um, but, uh, I had a lot of fun doing the sound effects for this one just because, like, the stewards, um, as you may have noticed, have armored up considerably in this facility. So they've all got yeah. masks, like full masks on now. And um, that's going to continue in the next season because now they're going to be wearing riot gear constantly. Like and even possibly more. Demonic and possibly demonic. And possibly demonic, yeah. Um, so, uh, so it's a lot of fun to have like the, the them on the, the, the radios and, and, and the chains from that Sam is caught up in. But uh, I... I love, I love this scene. I love that Casey is the one who finds him. I mean, we were, you know, it, it's fun because Casey is the person who, like, like kicked off the Voice of Freedom movement, yeah. obviously. And back in Genesis Avalon, we had a couple of really great moments where Sam was the one who obviously knew who Casey was. Yes. He was the one who had been listening to her, to her, 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 uh, her uh, podcast transmissions and, like, had been listening to what she was saying. And so it's kind of like this awesome payoff that that Casey, who's now a hero, is the one who's able to rescue Exodus Avalon. So when he and Jaina pretty much gave themselves up to rescue her the first yeah. time. Speaking of Jaina and exploding things. I made that same sound when I stubbed my toe last week. <laughs> I really do love the exploding overseer effect. It's really great. 
Um, again, really channeling my, my Mighty Morphin Power Rangers vibe of like classic Fighting, 90s honey, hack honey. and smash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, we, we heard you the first 15 times. Yes, they are intentionally meant to be like that. They're mindless at this point. They don't have a whole lot of... Um, in fact, I didn't really say this at the beginning of the episode, but the word that Tunanu used is oh, yeah. what you're hearing them they're reiterating. He said lahashmid, which literally means like annihilation yeah. in, in Hebrew. So um, he, uh, he like, that's why they just keep going annihilate all. Like they don't really have a whole lot of focus other than just kill everything. So eat well, as Tunanu said. Um, Oh yeah, that's right. Like yeah, that's that's rough. So so Jaina's aware that these are these were people. people. So she has the prayer that she's always done to bless demons after she's killed them. She's not gonna have time to do that yeah. here. But she's just gotta keep going. Yeah, Calhoun, we haven't forgotten about you. You're the reason this started. If I were Calhoun, I would be hiding right now. Well, especially from this guy right here. Yeah. Because Patriot just, like, Hulk smashes all yeah. over this demon. And like, he just grabs his overseer and just, like, beats the crap out of him. Calhoun is a giant coward. Yes. He's a thinker. Calhoun is the star scream <laughs> of things. He kind of he's is, not, he? He's not the Megatron. And he's... he's but he's, like lead henchman but the moment shit goes south he's going to he's be the out. first yeah. one to transform himself into a jet, jet. and fly away <laughs> oh an interesting moment um a little underwhelming excuse you sir a, a hiccup bring me the cloud hiccup yeah Yeah, she doesn't know. Hmm, what I wonder gives? what that might be. I wonder why that might be. That huh. the the god that's been helping Avalon is suddenly not answering the, the head priestess you of know, the kingdom it's, of Avalon. Um, it, it's, it's, it's be interesting. The, it, it, I wonder if we're going to... Now I have a question. Uh, how powerful are gods? Hmm. But I do appreciate that, uh, that, that in this moment, even though like that goes terribly wrong... Patriot and her work together really well right here. Like yeah. he he he's he's able to to kind of like just pivot the conversation and make a plan 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 B. Man, I can't get that word out. You know, all of the all three of them, all three of the the, the spirits of yes. Liberty kind of share each other's powers. And in that moment, that's one of the rare moments where you see John utilizing Ben's yes, power set. Yeah, yeah, and we haven't really talked about that as much here because Ben just kind of like figured out a few episodes ago that they're the spirits of revolution. Yeah. But like they don't understand how they feed off each other yet. But and it, that's, that's one of those one moments. One of those rare moments. Yeah. We've seen Ben use speed. Mm -hmm. uh, and and in a way, we've seen Ben be strong because he's not people like strong, clear off their feet. But we've not really seen the other two utilize the other yep. power sets. So that's one of the rare instances. Yeah. That, yeah. It's, it's almost like we did this on purpose. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Can we go? Yeah. What did you think the truck was The realization that his underage son definitely just drove a military truck over to them and he's like, yeah, that's, that's the thing you're going to have you're gonna worry about. Uh, oh. 
poor Casey. I've got you. You could ride shotgun. Be my navigator. Good on you, Julian, for manning up. And so this was kind of fun. So I have access to music from the old show, yes. but I don't. I'm not using it as much because it's a whole slew of reasons. I used Noble Race last episode. <laughs> if you want to know this why, is... listen to last episode's credits. Yeah. Um. But that being said, there is a secondary love theme for them. You will get to hear it, folks. For anyone who remembers um, the song that played uh, in episodes like 43 and 44 of Avalon, they, yeah. it will be back. But this is their, that was their other theme that I've been playing with that you heard in the scene when she was dreaming about him on the train. Yep. And I really like it. That was all for me to just say that I really like my music pick. I'm so sorry. I just like flexed on everybody. Cat really likes it when she's super smart, and she's super smart all the time, guys. Shh, but I don't think I am, so. All the time. Oh, this moment. This is, uh... So, I will say one thing. So, much like a lot of the other pendant shows, we have an opportunity that we did not have with the original show, which is that there will be season break mini-sodes coming yes. up. Yes. Um, and what we're doing is... I think pretty interesting. Um, we are stepping through years in the gap. Yeah. So covering covering little scenes that mm -hmm. would have been nice to see, but aren't really soup. They're relevant, but they're yeah. not like immediately a part of the story mm -hmm. that we were telling yeah. this time. But um, all of that to say that there will be one about John, and yep. I encourage everybody to listen to it. It really makes this scene it's even really more yeah. even more um, intense. But uh, this, this is the moment where things just really start to come unglued. Yeah. Things fall apart. The scintillator won't hold. Mm-hmm. Juwan, you nailed that he said to the, the thing. wall. He said the thing. He said, he said the, the thing. thing. <laughs> that was such a good read, though. Was... Like, I remember when I heard it the first time and I, like, did the... Because, mm -hmm. again, process, you'll mix it. I will go through with a very critical listen. Yes, yes. Like, You're I'm trying very hard edit. to not enjoy it yeah. so that I could be very critical of it and pick it apart. But you can't not enjoy but that moment. that yeah. read gave me mm -hmm. such goosebumps the first time I heard it. And then, uh, mentioning your whole thing about just how powerful our gods. Yeah. Uh, this is our first time since... Uh, Nox Avalon mm -hmm. that we've seen a different pantheon clash with with uh, the yep. Celts and if anybody remembers the fights between Nox and Genesis Avalon different pantheons are able to kick you out yep. they are the, the, the magic that Nox used was very vicious on Avalon yeah. um, Sekhmet was able to do things to Sam that no one else could have done to an Avalon and the fact that these so supposed spirits of revolution just kicked the Morrigan out of Avalon's high priestess is uh, it's very telling for what's to come. It's, it's, it's one day when like this is all over, I'm actually like, going to write down like the theology of Genesis Avalon or something like that. We should. There like, are actual rules There are to rules, it. yeah. There are rules to everything we've done. Like, like that's actually one of the hardest things about spoiler working on season two yeah is there's a lot more of the gods and monsters side it, of it we're gets, getting now that the reveals happened you're going to get a lot more of it as we continue yeah. on 
Um, and there are there are rules of engagement. There are rules of conduct. There, there are, are power hierarchies. Yeah, there are things that you don't even know that we are doing right now that you're yeah. going to find out about in next season, but we've been teasing it all season. It's wild stuff. And then, as if it could not get any worse. It could! Everybody gets back together just in time to hear Tim Arthur say the most wacky, uncharacteristic thing you've ever heard out of his mouth. Yep. for joining us yeah. this has been genesis avalon the episode or uh, patriot episode 12 aka the one where we trample on your feelings yes yeah yeah i mean i've had some rougher ones in the first show but this was pretty rough this is pretty this brutal. is the roughest one we've had so far you know, here it had some really meaty steaks it did like like real texas style beefy like ribeyes ribeyes nice. yeah yeah so and we hope that you liked that and if you're vegetarian i'm sorry come back for the um for the mini sodes they're a little bit more they're vegan like, friendly they're like they're like vegetarian vegan steaks they're, yeah. they're they still feel meaty but they don't hurt quite as much yeah um but yeah, so anyway, so let us know what you think. Uh, we're always looking forward to hearing from people. So check us out on the Discord if you're on the Discord. If not, you can always uh, tweet at me at, at Genesis Avalon. Um, uh, as long as Twitter hasn't exploded, which you never know that with, the, with the hellscape that is Twitter. And also, apparently, we have an IMDb page for both the original show and for Patriot. So feel free to leave a review on there. I mean... And thank you Don't brigade so us, for please. Us but for yeah, twelve episodes yeah. of this, and stay tuned because oh my god, the next season's awesome. Season two is gonna really, really rock. See you in a season. Bye.